And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministry. So thank you for tuning into our program. As we're going to be looking at the book of Ezekiel, talking about unfaithful Israel. So stay tuned. And those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this, this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word, which uh, lights our paths and gives us direction, tells us, Lord, more about you. We pray you'll bless us as we travel through Ezekiel to uh, understand your lessons that you have for us. And we, Lord, we thank you for each and every one of that is tuned in. And Lord, we pray for your blessing upon them. And we thank you in your precious name. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're going through the book of Ezekiel, so we encourage you to get your Bibles ready as we study God's Word. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. Another week. Uh, how's cleanup going over there in Florida after Hurricane Ian? You guys uh, uh, getting around the roads better? Actually, Nathan, we're doing fantastic. Thank the Lord. It was a shaky week for us living here in Daytona. This was our first major storm, uh, but everything is going well, at least in my part of the town. Some other parts of the town were hit pretty hard. We're keeping them in prayer, but things are getting back to normal. So thank you so much for asking. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And Nathan, that's why we're thankful, because we know that the Bible actually speaks about the sun of the signs of the end times have to pertain uh, actually pertain to weather and we did a wonderful conference a few months ago and you actually spoke about the sign of weather and it gives us an opportunity to talk about jesus even in these dark and challenging times oh yeah actually the conference is called storm warning the urgency of the rapture because the signs of the end times indicate that jesus christ is returning soon if folks if you want to check out that conference just go to our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. We've got it posted there. It's a guy in a yellow slicker, if you're looking for a picture. And it's all about how the signs of the end times point to Jesus Christ. Vic's right. My presentation particularly was about the sign of weather. How God, 47 verses I was able to find in the Bible, says that not man-made global warming or climate change. No, God controls the weather, and he's using it to shake us up out of our apathy so that we'll repent and return to him. And as we go back to Ezekiel, we'll see that God was doing the same thing 2,600 years ago, and he's still doing the same thing today. He's shaking us up out of our apathy so that we repent, return to him, and have that right relationship with Jesus Christ. I love that. Thank you so much, Nathan. And for those of you that are new to a program, or maybe you're a pastor or a leader, hey, if you want us to share at your church or at your event a message on prophecy, an encouraging message about what's going on in the world, uh, reach out to us. Nathan, for someone who's new to the program, can you share with them our contact information and our resources so they know how to get a hold of us? Absolutely. Uh, well, you want to check out Lamb and Lion Ministries on our website at ChristInProphecy.org. That's the name of our television program now in its 21st season. So you can find uh, Christ in Prophecy and watch it on the major Christian networks. So a lot of uh, apps as well, our own Lamb and Lion app, and now on Pray.com. 
and uh, check us out. Uh, we have a wealth of Bible prophecy information. We want you to be as excited about the soon return of Jesus Christ as we are. Thank you so much, Nathan. Yeah, take check out these resources. I think you will be greatly encouraged by what you will find there. And speaking about encouragement, Nathan, you, we have been so encouraged as we have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel. It's been a fun book. It's been an encouraging book. It's been a learning uh, a, a, a learning curve for many people because, again, here in the midst of these challenging times, God speaks about his love and his judgment for his people. And in our last program, you and I spoke about sort of like the birth there of Israel, how it, how they came about, where they came from, and how God poured out, poured out his love upon them, how he washed them, how he cleansed them. And maybe for someone who missed that segment of the program, I thought, Nate, maybe we can just recap some of the verses by rereading a few of the, of a few of the verses there in Ezekiel chapter 16 so folks can follow along with us in case they don't have a Bible. So will you be able to pick that up for us, Nathan, there reading verses 1 through 7? And I'll actually read verses 7 through 14 so people can capture what's going on in Ezekiel 16. Okay, verses 1 through 6 of chapter 16. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations, and say, Thus says the Lord God of Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling clothes. No eye pitied you to do any of these things to, for you, to have compassion on you. But you were thrown out into the open field when you were yourself were loathed on the day you were born. And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. I love that passage, and Nathan, and then it goes on to say there again in verse 7 uh, that um, not only did he say live, but he says thrive like a plant in the field, and you grew and matured and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, your hair grew, but you were naked and bare. Verse 8, when I passed by you again and I looked upon you, indeed, uh, your time was time of love. So I spread my wings over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I, I swore an oath to you and enter into a covenant with you and you became mine says the lord god then i washed you in water yes i thoroughly washed off your blood and i anointed you with oil i clothed you in embroidered clothing and gave you sandals of badger skin i clothed you in fine linen and covered you with silk adorned you with ornaments uh, put a bracelet on your wrist and a chain on your neck and I put a jewel in your nose, earrings in your ears, a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothing was of fine linen, silk and embroidered cloth. You ate pastries of fine flour, honey and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. Your fame went out among the nations because you, your, your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor, which I have bestowed on you, says the Lord God. What a beautiful picture, isn't this, Nathan? Yeah, it's a little disturbing at first because it, it seems like the Lord's saying that Israel was a, a baby who was abandoned in the field. You know, we have, unfortunately, uh, clinical abortions today. But back in that day, if they couldn't abort the baby, they would often just throw them into fields to die. Let the wild animals or the weather ex exposure kill them, which... <laughs> Sounds horrifically heartless, but 
the Lord's trying to make a comparison here to Israel. In other words, Israel was born in slavery in Egypt. It was a family, but it grew and eventually came big enough to be a nation. There might have been two million people that left Egypt 400 years later, roamed the wilderness, as it says here, and, and then eventually the Lord gave them land, gave them bountiful crops, uh, protection and security, uh, gave them the temple, gave them himself to teach them his ways and his laws and to love them. And so he compares that to a, a baby who's been thrown out in the field, abandoned, would likely die if God hadn't stopped by, picked it up, raised it, and, and took care of it and, and until it grew to a beautiful woman and, and well taken care of. And the, bear in mind that the context of this is that he's just about to send almost all of the remainder of Judah into exile for their sins. So here the Lord looks at Israel as this, this beautiful baby that grew up to become a beautiful woman who's cherished and loved, and uh, but is constantly cheating on him and uh, running after Baals and Asterisks and idols and constantly rebelling against him. And he's saying, this is you, Israel. This is you. You, you who I love so much continually treats the one who's benefited you. You would have died without me. And yet I keep you alive and you cheat on me. And so I'm going to have to get drastic here. Tough love and send you into exile. And that's exactly what's happening in Ezekiel's time period. It's about 2600 BC. And the people of Israel until 586 BC finally were exiled by the Babylonians out of the land and for 70 years, they had to learn to stop chasing after idols and turn to their God, Yahweh. Nathan, wow, what, what an indictment. And again, uh, earlier in another program, we spoke about Israel's stray. And, and we find that that happens so often, Nathan, when people uh, go astray uh, because of sin, because of taking their eyes off the Lord. And that's what we're going to continue to notice here as we look at Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 15 and on. Because after he says all this, then 15, verse 15 has this word in it, which is but. In other words, this the verses prior to that is spoke about how God blessed them, how Israel grew into this beautiful woman. And then verse 15 says, but you trusted in your own beauty, play the harlot because of your fame and poured out your harlotry on everyone passing by that would have it. You took some of your garments and adorned it multicolored high, in high places for yourself and play the harlot on them. Such things should not happen nor be. Nathan, what an indictment. And at the beginning says, but you trusted in your beauty. And that would be, we see begins to be the downfall of these people. Yeah, it's it, the Bible calls it the pride of life. It's the very first sin uh, Satan committed by being proud, thinking he was so great that he should be get the word of praise and adoration that only God was worthy of. We likewise do the same thing. But here he's, um, Ezekiel is making the, or God through Ezekiel is making the comparison Israel as a nation. Nationally, they were supposed to be devoted to God. They made a covenant with God, uh, with Moses and Joshua. And they were to take the land and, and live under the law and share the law and bring the world to know God as uh, their king. Instead, they did the complete opposite. They got prideful. They thought all the bounty that they were enjoying by the Lord was from their own hands. Boy, does that sound familiar? And eventually they said, well, we don't need God anymore. And they started, and when the Bible says harlotry here, it's talking about spiritual harlotry with idols like Ashtoreth and uh, uh, Moloch and all these other horrible pagan gods, which really aren't gods, but demons. They, they became demon worshipers. And uh, it's, it's an indictment on the people then. 
but it's really it's a parallel of almost every age. We could look in the United States today and said, hey, you know, we were a nation founded on Judeo-Christian values. We love the Lord. There was a church on every corner, but eventually the Lord had blessed us so much that we began to think, hey, you know, we did it ourselves and we, we don't need God anymore. And we became more godless. We started selling ourselves out to Hinduism and Buddhism and humanism. And uh, now God looks at it in the church, especially as it continues to uh, saddle up next to the world and become more worldly. The Lord's same thing again for Jesus saying, hey, you know, you're my, my bride, but you know, you're cheating on me all the time. You're cheating on me. And and so this is a, a wonderful comparison. I mean, it's horrible to read, but it's <laughs> it's a it's a wonderful analogy of God's relationship with his children. Nathan, what a great point. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're looking at the book of Ezekiel. We're talking about uh, unfaithful Israel. Nathan, I, two words stood out to me there in Ezekiel 16, verse 15, and that is the word uh, beauty and fame. It says, because they trusted in their own beauty and because of your fame. And you mentioned what's happening in America we're, ha we're noticing what's happening in Hollywood and the in the in the in the church is being also um, affected by this as we are trusting in our beauty and trusting in our fame, our power, and not trusting in God. Nathan, I was looking up the word uh, astray, uh, and I saw this uh, very simple meaning. Uh, what does astray mean? It means away from the correct path or direction. Secondly, into error or morally questionable behavior. And third, it simply means become lost or misled. And, and that's exactly the society that we're in today, right, Nathan, what we're seeing with the nations around us. Yeah, and there was a time where you could say that America was rebelling against God. Now it's just full-blown apostasy. I mean, the country is not just saying, God, I don't want you around. It's saying, get away from me as fast as you can. I still think of um, uh, in the Senate, uh, shoot, his name slips my mind, but the one senator who says that uh, that God had no place in the Senate. Well, yeah, OK, but since he's the source of life and knowledge and all wisdom, you're going to get rid of that. I mean, you're going to depend on yourself, which really, if you think about it, humanism is the worship of yourself. You're, you're, you're your own God. And brother, we are terrible gods. <laughs> We're so fallen and pathetic and weak. Uh, and no wonder everything falls apart when we kick God out of things. And we're seeing that in the United States. Europe is already spiritually dead. I mean, totally dead. And so it's just so sad. I know the Lord always keeps a remnant, of course. But uh, I think as we read Ezekiel, it's important to see the analogy the Lord's making and realize how far as a nation, individually, even as a church, has fallen into this trap of fallen for our own wealth and beauty thinking we gave it to ourselves and forgetting that it was God who blessed us with it. And he can take it away if he wanted to as well. Nathan, and the analogy that is used here in verse 15, it talks about, uh, again, they trusted in their own beauty and, and play the harlot, in other words. And uh, you wrote this wonderful book uh, with Greg Howell uh, there about the minor prophets and speaking about Hosea, the wayward wife, right, Nathan? And here we see the same picture of harlotry. Oh, yeah. It's uh, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. I co-wrote it with a good buddy of mine, Pastor Steve Howell, and uh, we addressed the faith journeys each of the minor prophets took. And for Hosea, it was how to have faith when you have a broken heart. Obviously, uh, Hosea had married a prostitute, and she continually cheated on him. 
till she was eventually back in the day, if you had debt, you know, you didn't get bankruptcy, you were sold into slavery. And she was put on the auction block and God said, go buy your wife out of slavery. And so Hosea did. He went and he bought his wife out of slavery and said, hey, you're not going to cheat on me anymore. I, I bought you. You're mine. You're not just my wife now. And uh, this is what God's doing. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He bought us out of the slavery to sin and out of our harlotry, our spiritual harlotry, so that we can be united with, with him one day as the bride of Christ. And so what we see in the Old Testament is a picture of what we're seeing in the New. Excellent point, Nathan. And for those of you that, that, that don't have a Bible, that reference there is Hosea chapter 1, uh, where it says, and the, and the word of the Lord came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of, of Uzziah, uh, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of uh, Joash, king of Israel, when the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take yourself a wife of harlotry and the children of harlotry. For the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. And Nathan, that's exactly what you and I are looking at in Ezekiel. That, that's what's beginning to happen here. As we read there, verses uh, 1 through verse uh, uh, 14 uh, in Ezekiel 15, 15. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing that here. It continues on. Uh, what do we uh, pick up in uh, 17? It says, you have also taken your beautiful jewelry from my gold and my silver, which I had given you. and made for yourself male images and played the harlot with them. You took your embroidered garments and covered them, and you set my oil and my incense before them. Also my food, which I gave you, the pastry of fine flour, oil, and honey, which I fed for them as sweet incense. And so it was, says the Lord God. So here, what he's saying is here, Israel, I blessed you with all sorts of food and, and resources, wood, and, and you've got all this wonderful stuff that I've given you. And what are you doing with it? You're making idols out of it and then worshiping the very stuff you made. And now we might think, well, idol worship's crazy. Now there's parts of the world, especially in the Hindu religion, that does still worship idols. But uh, I'll tell you, the biggest idol that people worship today is Mother Earth, this earth goddess religion, this paranoia about the, the environmentalism. That's the exact same thing. We've taken something that the Lord's given us and he controls. And 47 verses in the Bible say the Lord controls the weather. And if he controls the weather and he takes care of the earth, then why are we worshiping it? Why are we destroying our economies and ending uh, gasoline and oil to, and just going nuts over it? It's because we're worshiping the creation rather than the creator. And that's something the Bible condemns very strenuously. Nathan, excellent point. And, and, and again, some people say, well, we don't worship idols. They Sometimes they think they're bowing down to these little statues, but idol worship goes much deeper than that. And, and, one, and another area, Nathan, that is related to uh, here in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 20, because it says, moreover, you took your sons and your daughters whom you bore to me, and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Uh, it says, were your acts of harlotry uh, a small matter that you have slain my children and offer them up to uh, them by causing them to pass through the fire? And in all your abomination and acts of harlotry, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, struggling in your blood. Nathan, that's, we're sacrificing children today in so many ways. And people think just uh, uh, back in those days, but today through abortion, right, Nathan, uh, human trafficking. And it's really sad how even these practices have filtered into what we see today. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's interesting that in this time period, Ezekiel's time period, 2,600 years ago, 
there was a god, and of course he's a demon, named Moloch. And Moloch was a statue, a hideous thing, and it had its hands extended. And what they used to do is put a fire under the hands and, and heat it up super hot, almost to the metal was, was molten uh, red. And then they would take a baby of somebody, and they would put it on that, and the baby would burn to death. And that was giving a sacrifice to the god Moloch or one of the Baals in the hopes that they would have fertility and good good crops and stuff like that. I mean, horrible, horrible, evil stuff. And God's saying, here, you know, we forget that God created Adam, right, who's our forefather. So God is technically our father. And so he's saying all the children born on the earth are actually mine, and you guys are murdering them. I mean, not just killing them. You're It's horrible, horrible, horrible deaths. And he says, you can't. What are you doing, you know, to, to false gods, to false idols, instead of worshiping me? So here you got this God on one side, the God, who loves them and takes care of them and, and rescues them from death and, and, and provides for them. And the people reject him, take what he has, use it to cheat on him, and then kill their own babies. Brother, it's madness. It's absolute madness when you think about it. Nathan, and that's we, we talk about demon possession. People don't uh, like to talk about that, but we know one of the spiritual negative spiritual signs of the end times is demon possession. Sometimes people say, well, how can someone do such a thing? Well, there is no no answer other than demon possession. That's what we're seeing happening. Uh, and it's still very active and alive today. You know, verse 22 there in Ezekiel Chapter 16 says, in all your abomination and acts of harlotry, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare struggling in your blood. They have forgotten where they came from. They were puffed up. They were so consumed with themselves uh, that they forgot where they came from. And Nathan, Nathan, that is exactly the, 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 what's going on with the nations and the people today. They forgot where they come from. Wow, Vic, that's you nailed it. That's absolutely right. It's the pride of life, it blinds you to reality. It makes you the center of the universe. And then everything's about you. And well, nothing, everything can't be about you because you're fallen and you're weak. And, you know, we're, we just cannot handle, a, we can certainly can't manage a government, much less our, our the whole world. And yet people seem to think that, that if they elevate themselves over God, that, that we will be worshiped as gods. And that's just Satan's lie. It, Interesting. Satan and the angelic realm are separate created beings, but Satan and his demons, when they, they fell, are horrifically jealous of humanity because we're made in God's image. They don't want humanity worshiping God as they should in that perfect relationship that he wants us worshiping Satan. And so he doesn't care how many he has to kill or murder or deceive. And brother, when we're deceived and when we put ourselves as gods, even then we're still worshiping Satan because we're not connected with our true God and worshiping him in that perfect relationship. So, brother, when you think about it, when people are doing idol worship or self-worship, they're really doing Satan worship. And when you read about the tribulation, the last seven years, how the world will turn completely to Satan worship, we're starting to see that even now. Mm, excellent point. And again, for those of you who just tuned in, you're tuned into our Truth with Set and Few Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, as we're talking about unfaithful Israel. And of course, Nathan, as we look here at these other verses, I, I just verse 23 and on, we see there almost a, a uh, an admonition to these people, a warning. Would you be able to read for us, Nathan, there verses 23 to, uh, through 26, and I'll pick it up in verse 27? Then it was so, after all your wickedness, woe, woe to you, says the Lord God, that you also built for yourself a shrine and made up 
high place for yourself in every street. You built your high places at the head of every road and made your beauty to be abhorred. You offered yourself to everyone who passed by and multiplied your acts of harlotry. You also committed harlotry with, with the Egyptians, your very fleshly neighbors, and increased your acts of harlotry to provoke me to anger. Ooh, in verse 27, behold, therefore, I stretch out my hand against you, uh, diminished your allotment and gave you up to the will of those who hate you and the daughters of the Philistines who were ashamed uh, of your loot behavior. You also play the harlot with the Assyrians because they were uh, insatiable. Indeed, you play the harlot with them and still were not satisfied. Moreover, you multiply your acts of harlotry as far as the land of the trade of Chaldeans, and even then you were not satisfied. How degenerate is your heart, says the Lord God, seeing you do all these things, the deeds of the brazen harlot, Wow, Nathan, that, I mean, you, there's so much that is put in here that is just amazing uh, how God feels about this sort of things and also uh, how sad it is when people just decide to go astray knowing the truth. One of the biggest lies of our age is that God just kind of winks at sin. Oh, he'll forgive you. It doesn't matter if you sin. God sees it. it the word here, abomination. I mean, that it's the worst of the worst. Uh, when we are committing spiritual harlotry, when we're cheating on God with idols, whether of self or, or money or pleasure or actual physical idols, uh, we are committing harlotry. We are prostitutes. Uh, man, that's that's a terrible condemnation when you think about it, but it's so real because that's how the Lord sees it. Sin is very serious to him, especially, uh, I mean, so much so that he was willing to die on the cross for our sins. It, it meant that much to him to rescue us from the consequences of our sin. Uh, it, it really, it's like holding a mirror up to the world today. And, uh, you know, every day it's so painful to watch the news and, and just see how evil the world's getting, how it's just relishing its own idolatry and evilness. And the Lord will judge us. And just like he did the people in Ezekiel's time, it, it's going to happen to us too. And there's going to be a day of accountability for this. And that's why we want people to come know Jesus Christ before it's too late. Nathan, you know, verse 30 says, how degenerate is your heart? And we have to ask ourselves also that even as a question, as a people, as individuals, uh, how degenerate is our heart? You know, if we just recognize our sins, if we can recognize our failures and our faults and turn to God uh, in repentance and in humility, the Bible says in John, 1 John chapter 1, that as we confess our sins to the Lord, he is faithful to forgive us and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if that's you, no matter what you've done, present, past, or future, God will not hold that against you if you turn to Jesus Christ and you repent of those sins. And there's opportunity for you right now, wherever you are, if you recognize that you've been degenerate, that you've turned your back on God, that you trusted in your beauty, that you turn your back on him, and you're willing to repent, God is right there with open arms, waiting to eagerly bless you. And if that's you, we want to give you an opportunity to come to Christ now while there is still time. Nathan, I know we only have about a minute left to the program, but maybe you can share with that person that's part of this program right now, maybe how they can start their relationship with the Lord even right now. You got to first begin by surrendering. You cannot control your life. You're not powerful enough. You're not wise enough. That's hard because, again, the pride of life says we're awesome and you know, we should get all this attention and fame, but 
And, you know, that attention fame belongs to the God of the universe, the creator of all things, who loves us and died for us so that we can be with him. But when you finally are ready to surrender your life to him, when you accept Jesus Christ in faith and repentance, then come to him and pray from your heart. You know, something like, dear Jesus, I, I know I'm a sinner. I've, I've rebelled against you. I've set myself up as an idol. Please forgive me of that. Uh, Lord, I want you to be the savior of my life and of my uh, future. And Jesus will do that. Your sins will be forgiven. Your guilt will be washed away. And the Bible promises you will inherit eternal life with him forever. And that was what we call salvation. Oh, and that is great news. Thank you so much, Nathan. Hey, if you just trusted in the Lord, let us know. Reach out to us, ChristinProphecy.org. We would love to celebrate, give you guys a Bible and a Bible study, guys, so you can follow along and grow in your relationship with the Lord. Hey, find a church that you can plug into and grow with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. What a great way to close this segment of the program. Hey, it's the only way to close this segment of the program. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, guys, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful day.